Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Master Joe! Hey, he's man, what's up? Directly across from me. He's a young man of uh, young man. 78 you. years, 79. Right. Jeez Louise. I had a birthday. Remember? Why are you so offended by getting the wrong age? I'm not offended by him. I just want to be accurate. No. Oh, okay. We strive for accuracy <laughs> here. Oh, this yeah, isn't MSNBC. Yeah, we go right. for accuracy. <laughs> All right. Well, you say we're in a, a depression, so I don't know if that's accurate, but we'll, we'll we'll go by the definition shortly here. You're listening to On the Markets, the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. We're going to start out talking about recession or depression. Which are we in? Janet Yellen says neither at the moment, so we'll explore that I'm a little bit. I'm depressed that we're in a recession. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and that is uh, Mr. Joe McGranahan's uh, view on things, so we'd love to hear your comment. Uh, when it comes to the economy, where do we actually stand? So would love to your opinion on that topic. 1-800-795-9565. On the mark, sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. You can call us 1-800-795-9565, or you can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. We have an email into Leonard Steinhorn, too, where we can uh, put this kind of a question to him. Haven't heard back yet, so I hope he's up and around and available. So uh, if we get through to him, that'll be fantastic. So we'll let you know how that goes. But we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us and on the mark at WKOK.com and you can text us at 70236. But you have to include... The key word. O-T-M. O-T-M, which isn't a real word, but Odom. the key letters. Odom. <laughs> That's true. Odom. Isn't that like the Viking king of something? No, he was Odin. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> you maybe want to get one of those turbines that generates power. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I can hear better? Right. And understand more? All right. 1-800-795-9565. And Janet right. Yellen made the appearances on the talk shows on Sunday. I know she was on Meet the Press. Where was she also? Uh, was it the CBS show? Yeah, she's been around. But this article that I found here is from Stephen um, Moore. He's a senior fellow economist at the Heritage Foundation, and he brings up an interesting... Ultra-conservative think tank. uh, I I guess it is. I don't really know. But uh, he talks about uh, the Humpty Dumpty, Alice, and Alice in Wonderland atmosphere that we're in today. He said, a few terms come instantly to mind. What is the definition of peaceful? What is the definition of a woman? What is the definition of a secure border? What does transitory mean? apparently not temporary because inflation has been with us for nearly 18 months now. Government doesn't spend money anymore. It invests it. How about that? If you failed at a job, it doesn't mean you were incompetent or that you aren't up to snuff. You are just a victim of ableism. 
we're not a victim of that. We're, very, we're, <laughs> we're and, thriving because right. of it. Oh, and what you saw on the streets of Chicago and Kenosha and Seattle in the summer of 2020 was not riots. They were protests, peaceful or rather mostly peaceful. He goes on to point out that um, now there's the latest quiz question, what is the definition of a recession? In the past, it has always been two straight quarters of negative growth, which has happened in quarter one and quarter two of this year. It has been that way for about a half a century. That's how we define the definition of yeah. a recession. But now Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and her minions are dutifully telling us it is something else. What that is, she's not sure of. We are told by Yellen that this is a healthy economy and we are in the midst of a great transition. But a transition to what? Radical income redistribution? Green energy? Is this like Chairman Mao's five-year plan or the Great Leap Forward? We'll see. But in the end, none of these weasel words or circum circumlocution, I'm not familiar with that, circumlocution, really matter at all. Talking in circles. I gather that's what the point was, but I'm not familiar with that word, however. Now I am, and I will probably use it in You'll a sentence. You'll remember it. Right. <laughs> what matters is that 80% of Americans, 80%, don't feel the economy is on the right track. They are feeling uh, they aren't feeling the love, and that's because whether the economy is contracting a little bit or growing a tiny bit, the paychecks of workers are falling, and the after-inflation take-home pay is falling behind the cost of living for the past 12 straight months. I don't think paychecks are falling; they're, they're just falling behind. That's it. I, falling but, behind. That's right, point. That's his point. Right, falling behind. But you said they were falling. I'm sorry, falling so, behind. Okay. Over the past year, the Heritage Foundation reports that the average family has lost more than $3,000 of income relative to prices. That's a pretty big chunk for most and people I to come th up with. That is underestimated. There's no way that that's going to hold out. Because well, it has to be. My lovely bride and I are already enjoying about $3,000 in losses. And we're, you know, moderate income people. Most people are in way into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they're going to feel this quite a bit. Well, it says if these trends continue, the losses could exceed $5,000 for the average family. So you're oh, beyond it is three. Go up. Okay. You're beyond three and pushing to five. So polls are showing that many low and middle income families are having to cut back on their purchases of necessities. Credit card debt is surging. Small business confidence at its, at its lowest level in at least a decade. The national debt has surged by $5 trillion over the last three years. $5 trillion. But we're not overspending at this exact moment. I, I think Janet, I, I listened to her interview on Meet the Press and uh, went back and listened to it today so that we could discuss this. And she has some, she has, in a manner of speaking, she's right. She does concede you are definitely in a recession if and only if you use the standard definition, but she says there are some things booing the economy that are helping. One, she says economic growth last year was 5.5%, so this is the first year of economic decline, uh, and the labor market is still strong. Of course, I don't, I don't know what the number was last week. It was 350000 or something like that. In that range, don't call me and say, Mark, you're wrong again. But uh, she says spending by consumers is still high, and industrial output is still up. Right, but the point of this article is that if if we're going to be three to five thousand behind for the average family, eventually that spending is going to stop, and that's what drives the economy. Well, and she talks about it. I mean, her her remarks are mixed at best. On uh, this is on the meet the press version. I think she was on Face the Nation also. But anyway, she says the big things are costing us more, like inflation. Of course, it's uh, double digits. It will be double digit till we get out of this year, I'm sure. And energy prices not doubling, but nearly doubling. Well, that's uh, 
highly, highly inflationary on homes. Um, you know, and she says there is now the trend is turning around. There's less business growth, and the growth of job creation, she says this is slowing. So I don't know where that comes from. Maybe but because the jobless numbers are a month behind. She she's the same that lady that happening. told us inflation would be transitory, and it hasn't been. Well, it's yeah, been she was, and she said she was wrong about that. But she also says another again, inflation's high, energy's much higher, business growth is slowing, job growth is slowing. And this is a good economy, huh? And uh, well, she also these are six big things, but she names eight little things that are that are, are positive or, signs. That are positive, right? But she says consumer confidence, which is critically important, is low. That's down right. now as well. And today there's going to be this whole week is going to be, see some um, rather stark numbers come out in different areas of the economy. I forget what I heard today was supposed to be. I think well, yeah, it's consumer, consumer confidence. Spending. Is, is or, spending I think or consumer spending is today. Spending, okay. I, yeah, you, between the two of us, we have it. Probably. It's one or the other. It's either consumer or it's spending another one. or it's something else, right? <laughs> but All the thing right. is, it's not going to be good news. Right. But so anyway, so she says the job market is still strong. Wall Street is in a month-long recovery. No, I looked at the Wall Street Journal. They so yes, in the past month it's up, but in the past five years, of course, it's been plummeting. It's in in the, oh. in the midst of this major correction. The job market is up only because there are people not going, not willing to work or not going back to work. Isn't that the case? Right. And I think the idea is that inflation is going to probably stay high. I don't I don't think it's going to go much higher. I think it's going to stay high because gas prices were booing it, sending it way up. Now, gas prices are going down, so I think inflation now is going to stop the sharp rise. But still, it's just going to be 9%. You know, that's oh, all. Oh, good. That's so good to hear. <laughs> so, Only 9% more. So, anyway, on the Meet the Press, she conceded that if you use the traditional definition, uh, we're definitely in a recession. But I also looked up depression. You say we're in a depression, and I think a you... A mini-depression. Right. You say this is true, and I and Wikipedia says what Joe says is actually true, that we've enjoyed several years of sustained losses, ultra-high unemployment, no credits available to people, many banks have failed, Wall Street has collapsed, prices are deflating at stores, many bankruptcies have occurring, and the trend is shrinking output. So that's why I think your depression, your definition is better, because these are all things that are happening, right? Well, the problem is that that we can't really pin any one thing down. But let's face it, what is the difference between this year and earlier years? We have an administration here that doesn't have a regard for the value of a dollar, that's just spend, spend, spend. And then they deny that that's driving inflation, and inflation triggers everything else. Well, and it's funny that you would mention that, because there is talk of a mini build back better, you know, oh, something that great. would be acceptable. Let's spend more. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and honestly, if you spend, you know, from the Trump administration to the Biden administration, $5 trillion, you borrowed from our great-grandchildren, and then you say, oh, you try to borrow more. Of course, Congress says, no, you know, we're not right. going to do that. And then you come up with many build back better well, that's you, just one trillion. Let's say you had $5,000 in credit card debt. Could you get out of it by putting more credit card debt on top of it? You can't you can't keep spending and spending. Someone has to pay the bill. That. You you get these things in the mail where they say you get zero percent for a month, and you pay off your credit with that one, and then a month later, a different company, Capital so One, so eventually, you, aren't you exactly. just postponing the inevitable? And then Citibank <laughs> calls you until you get a cash inflow from the government. 
government. Well, and then um, Olivia Ocasio-Cortez will say, we need to get people out of this credit card debt. Let's forgive the first $2 million of credit card debt. All right. Well, we are talking about this. Janet Yellen really, I think... I know she knows what she's talking about, but I think the idea that uh, to deny a recession, which is, uh, you know, the traditional definition, she conceded that much, but to say that for the most part the economy is strong, I think she missed the mark. Of course, she did walk back the transitory word, but that's another topic. That well, she had help. no choice. That doesn't she help you or no I. She had no choice. Right. <laughs> when you go to buy bread today, it'll be less because she walked back transitory. Yeah. Janet Yellen said, I'm not having inflation, so here, I'm only right. going to pay you a dollar for this loaf of bread instead of a dollar fifty-nine. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Tom, we're talking about recession. Joe says it's depression. Wikipedia says he's right. What's your view? Well, I mean, uh, Trump put $8.2 billion on the national debt in four years, the highest ever. Well, we're talking and about I this think moment. That's a, that's a rollover effect. That has, a, that has an effect right now. I mean, that, just, that stuff just doesn't uh, end when the, president, when the president goes out of office. Those things don't end. I mean, that carries over. I think that has a lot to do with it. So Joe Biden's $5 trillion is going to keep on going, too, right? Well, I don't know if it's five trillion or not. That's but what that's it is. That's not good either. But I it, mean, you want to blame it all on Biden, but Trump has Trump's mess has a lot to do with it too. Well, let's skip who's at fault. Let's talk about where, giving, where we are. And giving a one point or what was it? A two point two trillion dollar tax cut to people that didn't need it to the rich people, corporations. I see where. Uh, all your places over on the strip now have help. I mean, uh, Arby's is open from 10 a.m. to 11 <laughs> or to midnight now. Well, they're all open now. They must have be must be getting workers. Well, there's still so a worker that. shortage. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Right, there's still a worker shortage though. Well, Every- but it's getting better. It is. And everybody mm, yeah, was blaming Biden so. because the gas was was high. Well, now it's down about but. 60, 70 cents or something? What's it down? I mean, no, it's down like 14 does he, does, cents. Did he get a credit for that now since he got credit for when it was bad? Well, he didn't take credit, and you didn't give him credit for when it was bad. You said it was somebody else. It was Trump. Well, I'm just talking about you guys. I'm not talking about me. Well, I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about you. you guys that gave him credit when it was bad. How are you going to give him credit now when it's gone down? Well, yeah, we'd have to say that the uh, strategic reserves are one of the many factors there, but part of it is that people are actually driving less. Demand is down and production is up. So, Well, but does he get credit for it? I mean, you gave him credit when well, it was sure. bad and you didn't make it. Absolutely. Does he get credit now? Well, what did he do to make it happen? Tell me what he did well, and I don't I'll know. give him what credit. What did he do to make it happen the first to make it go up? He cut down the Keystone Pipeline. He oh, stopped brother. making America energy uh, independent. The pipeline has Joe, nothing to do on. with it. That hey. oil is still being used. It's just being used a different way. Just, he d- he didn't. nothing to do with it. Joe, he'd stick he, with instead factual of, information. Instead of sticking with, with American production, he's oh, over right. begging the Saudi Arabians, whom he called criminals and thugs. He's begging them for energy. All right, Tom, you're not going to get a factual answer. So, so Move on. <laughs> we don't have enough. All right. We do have enough. We have more than enough. We were energy independent no, we, no, under the Trump don't. administration. You're, you're listening to Fox News too much. <laughs> well, you're not listening to them enough. Let me put it to you that well, way. Well, that might be. And right. Let me ask you this question, too. Okay. About you guys are all the time talking about the uh, uh, paying off student loans. 
Mm-hmm. What's the difference between giving $2.2 trillion to people that don't need it, who just bought their stock back and passed it out like candy, and get and paying off student loans? What's the difference? The difference is <clears throat> I oh, got something of value for my student loan. I got an education. And if it was worth that to me, I should pay it back. You're, too, not, you're, you're not, always you're telling me my question. No, What's but you're always telling I mean, me apples to oranges. You're comparing two point two trillion dollars away to people that you're didn't comparing need it, apples to oranges that and did which not is, need it at all. <laughs> Go ahead, you're comparing apples to oranges, what you always accuse me of doing. The fact that someone got an education and borrowed money for it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not another business got a tax cut. They're two separate issues. Let's deal with them separately. If you have a t- if you've got an education and it's worth anything to you and you borrowed money for it, you should pay it back. If you got a tax break that somebody gave you that you didn't need, well, then shame on the people who gave it to you. All right, Tom, we'll get, let you have a quick response, and then we have to move on to another Well, caller. I say there's no difference. I say they gave they gave, they gave $2.2 trillion away to people that did not need it, who had plenty of money, and they, they can't give $2.2 trillion away to people that need it. I mean, I'm not for either one. Don't get me wrong. I'm not for either one. Okay. Fair enough. But I just don't see the difference between the two. All right. We got you. Thank you so much. You're giving money away to people, and you shouldn't be giving it away. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. I agree with that. I don't think we should be giving money away. I agree with you, Tom. Yeah, Joe's not going to say the truth. (laughs) So don't even try, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stan, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for your patience. We appreciate you participating in the show. Go right ahead. Tom is wrong. Biden's fault. It, it, everything's Biden's fault because Trump. Everything was Trump's fault. Isn't that how we play this game? Yep. Yes, that, that is that perfectly is okay. That is perfectly okay. Fine. I, I just want to clear that up. Uh, <laughs> and as far as far as uh, people getting whatever he said trillions in money back or given money, first of all, it's not the government's money. It's the corporations' money that produce something for that money. So. Lowering taxes allows the corporations to keep that money, which is their money to start with. It's never the government's money. Always remember that, Tom. Just like the government, your money isn't the government's money, except what you voluntarily, well, I guess no, nobody <laughs> voluntarily pays taxes, because if you don't pay taxes, you end up in prison. For the most part, not everybody, because we do have a two-tier justice system, as we all know. But anyway. So, anyway, that's not why I called. Uh, you were talking when you first came on about the changing of definitions. Well, that would be called propaganda, changing the meaning of words to suit your needs, correct? Right. Okay, and that's that's what the right now the Democrats are engaged in. All right, because at this point, if the economy had gone negative growth during Trump, which it did in 2020 because everybody shut everything down. So that was a recession, correct? That sounds right. Okay, so if it's going to happen now, it's a recession. I don't care what they think they want to tell us it is. It's a recession. Now, there's there's something else in regards to the two-tiered justice system. Mr. Grassley, senator from, I think he's in Iowa? That's right. I think that's where he's from. That's where he's from. He He has information from FBI whistleblowers that during the 2020 election before, that the FBI senior officials in the D.C. field office we're putting out inf- saying that the, the Hunter Biden laptop information was all disinformation, okay, because they wanted to suppress the story. 
There's whistleblowers to that. But, of course, those whistleblowers don't get the same attention that the supposed whistleblower that, you know, the Trump-Ukraine uh, impeachment was all about. They don't get that kind of attention. Why is that? Two tier justice system. (laughs) Two tier justice. Well, you know, things aren't fair. Exactly. Because we got a deep state and and a biased FBI. The the head of the FBI, Mr. Ray, needs to be impeached and removed from office because he was in charge then, he's in charge now. Just like Merrick Garland does, because he is not enforcing the laws, except against the people he doesn't like. Because he has a severe chip on his shoulder because he didn't get into the Supreme Court. Ah, I got no, you. It all, it, it's what it all points to. He's got a serious chip on his shoulder. All right, we got you. All right, well, thank you so, so much, Dan. Anything else? Uh, Doug Mastriano says that we want teachers to be able to carry. I hope you're in favor of that. It's a fabulous idea, I think. Teachers can volunteer to carry, and then they have to take whatever training courses that, yeah. you know, led by uh, police trainers to do that. I, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. It's a super because idea. Because if somebody comes into a school wanting to shoot it up, if they have multiple armed teachers in there that can return fire and they don't and I, I, I'm tired of the people saying that well you can't go up against the rifle with a handgun the guy in Indiana was it Indiana mm-hmm. Illinois where the Somewhere. no it was Indiana at the mall he proved otherwise didn't he yeah and what is what about Lawrence's cockamamie mandatory teacher carry where all teachers have to carry openly no I don't all want right. all teachers carrying I want uh, volunteers because okay. I want voluntary and I want them to be trained, you know, by by police. I was on a when, roll when there. When the can't <laughs> shoot, because there are some teachers out there, in my opinion, that shouldn't even be teaching for the crap that they're trying to push on the kids. Well, that's another that's topic. All, that's, that's, another that's topic. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> that's, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. I have to cut you off there. All right, Stan, okay. thank you so much for calling <laughs> Thanks, in. Very much appreciate it. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We have two open lines, just a short amount of time, and two callers waiting. Uh, but we'd be able to squeeze in probably one more. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We got a good surprise. We got confirmed with Leonard Steinhorn for 10 minutes at 9.06. So we'll talk to him about President Biden and having an ailment. And uh, uh, we can ask about this economy, too. Recession, depression. Joe says depression. Wikipedia says it's true. So uh, we'll, uh, we can talk more about that. Janet Yellen says we're actually enjoying a mixed economy with plenty of bright spots, but some very tough low spots. And uh, we have met the two-loss quarter definition of of a recession. So we've got that underway. Uh, Dan, you are next up on the On the Mark program. Thank you for your patience. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning. Boy, I, this is a planned recession depression. 
just as I called the plan-demic with COVID-19. This is all planned. It, it's no accident that Biden won, uh, so they say, won the election. He got in office. That was their plan. They couldn't have the success that Trump was giving us because the powers that be do not want the United States to be a world leader. This is all planned that the Great Reset takes place. Oh, we have to world stand down domination. a little bit. And you, you got us easy to see. Trump had our economy humming. If he was in office, we'd still be humming. But the powers that be couldn't allow that. <laughs> we were too successful. Too much I was buffoonery. Successful. <laughs> too yes. much buffoonery, I said. It, it was, it, too much well, buffoonery. I was successful. The common people were moving up the ladder of success. Under Trump, everything was going good. The economy. We had oil, cheap gasoline, cheap oil. Uh, the border was becoming pretty much under control. The pandemic was we, booming. Pardon? The pandemic was booming. Well, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it was coming under control. I mean, as they wanted it to be, they wanted that to happen. But uh, the world respected the United States. We weren't the wimp. Trump was not the wimp. We have a wimp now that they don't respect. Putin don't respect him. The, the leader of China don't respect him, and neither does North Korea, Iran. He's not respected, and this is all planned in the Great Reset. Build Back Better is just another word for the Great Reset. Build Back Better is a code word. All right. We got you, Dan. We're out of time for this segment, but uh, people on the other side might argue that Make America Great Again is a title for the Great Reset. All right. And Bobby, you'll have to call back, too, because we're going to hit Leonard Steinhardt at 906, so call back. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're talking about economic depression, recession, Janet Yellen, and Leonard Steinhorn's coming up. This is WKOK Center. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. I portray a bad liberal on the radio, meaning I portray one badly. It's probably I'm trying to portray a good one, but it doesn't work out. What an explanation. <laughs> I'm just a conservative, folks. Right. Joe's an actual conservative, <laughs> so that kind of works out to our advantage. Uh, we have asked for and received another opportunity to talk to Leonard Steinhorn from American University, uh, communications professor with a history adjunct there, and just uh, fabulous observer of all things, our body politic, uh, one of the greatest uh, advocates uh, for the baby boomers. And CBS. And Don't forget CBS. Right. CBS. Oh, yes. CBS. Uh, <laughs> That's how, how Leonard is with us today. <laughs> political analyst. Leonard, thank you so much for calling in again. Good morning. 
Hey, always my pleasure to be with you, too. I really do appreciate it. We were talking about President Biden the other day and the fact that he has COVID-19, and uh, we're wondering, is he playing this right, the idea of staying in isolation but continuing to uh, you know, have meetings and so on? And how does this rate with other presidents who have been ill? We remember President Trump had to be hospitalized and on oxygen for a time. Uh, your assessment of the president's COVID-19 fight that's currently underway? Well, you know, it's all context. You know, uh, Dwight Eisenhower had uh, health issues. Lyndon Johnson had uh, health issues. John Kennedy had health issues. As we now learn, Ronald Reagan may have had, you know, sort of uh, creeping Alzheimer's when he was uh, president. So, you know, look, presidents are human like the rest of us. In this particular case, you were dealing with a pandemic, uh, and as hard as you try to avoid it and escape it and evade it and not get infected, it's going to happen. Uh, so Joe Biden was uh, doubly, uh, doubly boosted and vaccinated, um, and uh, he got it because this is what happens when you meet with people, and he was more out on the road trying to sell his policies and all of this. It appears that he's doing fine, according to the doctors. He's recovering well. He took those uh, antiviral pills uh, that uh, uh, Pfizer makes, and apparently that's helped. Uh, And he's conducting business with what people describe as having had a cold, a bad cold, but a cold, and he's going on with the lingering effects. So I think what's the takeaway and what's the message? That, hey, you've got a septuagenarian, you know, somebody in his late 70s who gets sick, um, and this is uh, the most at-risk age we have. Um, And uh, if you take the proper precautions, uh, you still may get infected, uh, but it'll mitigate the severity of it, and you should be okay. And I think that's a message that they're trying to communicate subtly without banging it over our heads, that if you, you know, take the proper precautions, you still may get sick, but you're okay. Um, so, look, uh, you can't compare it with President Trump because we hadn't yet had the uh, uh, vaccinations approved yet. Um, and he got it at a point where, you know, this thing was raging and there was no way to really mitigate it. Uh, and so he had a very, very severe case of COVID-19, uh, very different from what Joe Biden has. But I think the larger takeaway for all of us is no one's safer th- from this thing. You may get it but you can protect yourself from the worst conditions of this virus. Well, when it comes to hiding your medical condition from the public, it will be hard to beat Grover Cleveland. But let's talk about our good friend Joe Biden at the moment. The doctors uh, spoke to or were interviewed by President Trump. His physicians were interviewed all the time. But Joe Biden is not letting us talk to his doctors. You think he's hiding something? No, because... You know, he has been seen on Zoom conversations and other instances, and he's disclosed how he's feeling, and we've gotten those letters from the doctor. Uh, I think it's a very, very different situation because we're not dealing with the same type of raging pandemic, even though it's the same disease, um, because we've had ways to be able to treat this thing. Um, Now, let's be clear, if they are hiding something, then the political fallout would be far worse if he hadn't recovered and isn't feeling better. And, you know, it didn't feel like just sort of a bad cold.
cold. Um, the fact that he was diagnosed with COVID-19, I mean, I know plenty of people who have been diagnosed recently with COVID-19, and to them it's a bad cold and they're over it in a few days. Um, so it's a very, very different situation that we're in than it was with President Trump because we had uncertainty, we had lack of knowledge, we didn't have much experience with these things. We, at that point, we were only going, you know, dealing in the seventh month of uh, of this pandemic. Uh, now it's you know two and a half years later, just about. Um, we have the vaccines. We've seen people we uh, getting it. We've seen how hospitalizations are lower for people who have been vaccinated and boosted. So that's become sort of the more main narrative on all of this. So yes, if he hasn't been disclosing something, if this has created serious medical conditions, then honestly, the, the lack of disclosure, the secrecy would then become a bigger political issue. And I think they would know that in the White House. Okay, well, the president historically has been putting his foot in his mouth, and last week he told everybody he had cancer. You know, so how? what is the gold standard for disclosure of a president's medical condition? What should we look for? What should we be given? You mean the cancer of too many gaffes? No, or well, no he said, I have cancer. cancer. He wow. almost sent the stock market into a frenzy over that little Obviously admission. Obviously misspoke. Right, it was clean up on Al 6 again. Yeah, look, I think, um, the, you know, his physicians have been releasing letters uh, on a daily basis. Um, and uh, I think as long as, you know, he, let's say the president had a bad cold and it wasn't COVID. Would we be having the same conversation? Um, maybe because of his age, okay? Um, but uh, it, because uh, it, it's called COVID, even though he's been vaccinated and doubly boosted, um, uh, it, it makes people a little more anxious and nervous that we need to know everything about it. Again, I think the situation is different than it was with President Trump, who was, you know, brought to Walter Reed, uh, was not feeling well, was really seriously sick, um, uh, to the point that there were some concerns that he may not make it. Um, but again, completely different time. Uh, and you had the visuals of a president as a hospital. You had the press, you know, sort of congregating outside of the hospital, asking lots of questions, trying to get that information. But it was a different time. Um, if Joe Biden were being transported to Walter Reed because of serious conditions, my guess is that you'd have the similar back and forth that you had when uh, President uh, Trump got sick. Back to his general health, and uh, when he is healthy and is he is planning to run again, and it looks like President Trump would be interested in running again, uh, do we get some sort of a sense that this is sustainable, this idea of having an 80-plus-year-old president and uh, who's you know showing some of the signs of aging already, and President Trump, of course, they, he wants a rematch, so President Trump ain't no spring chicken either. Thank you. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, how unusual is that, that we have such a, a uh, two uh, very senior citizens who are interested in being president? Look, it's very unusual, and there are some concerns that uh, when you get to that age, um, maybe you're not as mentally sharp as you used to be. Now, you know, uh, both 
Joe Biden and Donald Trump want to seem like they're on it, they're vigorous, they're dealing with it. Um, when you're president, it's the hardest job in the world. You see almost every president and how they turn gray and look a lot older at the end of their terms. Um, and so, uh, you know, so it's a, the most demanding job in the world. Um, and, you know, should we be having potentially two men who would be finishing their term in their ninth decade of life uh, as president of the United States. Um, again, uh, it's not clear whether Joe Biden will run, even though he says he will. It seems that Donald Trump wants to run to vindicate himself from 2020. Um, uh, you know, that's a problem that the American people have to be able to think about in terms of their choices and whether they want somebody at that advanced age, you know, running this country, dealing with the most difficult, demanding job on this planet. Um, so, uh, yeah, it does raise some questions. Now, you know, one has to say, okay, uh, you had both Donald Trump in his mid-70s and Joe Biden in his late 70s being president. Uh, the governments were running according to what they, how they wanted them to run. Politics is a tough, you know, blood sport, and they both have had to deal with that. Um, and uh, are they handling it fine? Sure. They're handling it fine. Um, and we've had other presidents in the past, like George W. Bush, who was a gaffe machine, too. Um, and yet he was, I think, in his 50s when he was elected president. So we shouldn't judge a president by their gaffes. Um, we should judge them by their mental acuity, by their ability to handle the job, uh, and how well they can, you know, sort of address complex problems and deal with overseas challenges and challenges at home. So I'm not altogether sure that Joe Biden 20 years ago would be different from Joe Biden today, even though we, as citizens, see the aging process and feel that maybe he's not as sharp as he used to be. Um, so, uh, you know, we have no law against when you can run for president. I assume if somebody at 90 years old wanted to run, they could. But that's a decision we as the voters and we as the public would have to make as to whether we are comfortable with somebody at that point running for president. And in both cases, scrutinizing if they do run for president, who their vice presidential choices would be. Well, thank you so much for your analysis and observations. Hopefully somewhat younger, someone younger, Leonard. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's assume, because if they had like a 90-year-old vice president, then they would look really young, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, they really would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, thank you so much, Professor. Very much appreciated. We will check in again in the weeks and months ahead, and we're always glad for your analysis. Yes, we're always glad to have Absolutely. you on, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you guys you. are great. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Professor Leonard Steinhorn, American University Professor of Communications, also a sub-teaching certificate in history, uh, author of the book Baby Boomers, the other greatest generation, uh, so in defense of baby boomers, so we appreciate that. All right, we're going to do news headlines, and we'll open up the phone lines. we got a couple of emails and texts in front of us, so we'll look at those. We'd love to hear from you now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236, Include the keyword OTM on the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Penn Live reporting that school employees with a license to carry a firearm would be permitted to carry a weapon at work under legislation introduced late last week by State Senator Doug Mastriano, of course the Republican gubernatorial hopeful. The Franklin County Senator stated in a memo to his Senate colleagues that his desire
desire is to allow school employees who want to be armed to carry firearms in school. It arose after the mass shooting in Texas. He says individuals in an unarmed area are soft targets for killers, uh, citing data from the gun rights advocate John R. Lott's Crime Prevention Research Center. He said there's not been a single mass shooting in a school where staff were permitted to carry a firearm. If enacted, Pennsylvania would join 29 other states that do allow teachers to carry firearms. All of this uh, carries a wide range of certification and training uh, through which teachers would have to be approved and the school district would have to approve the policy to carry a firearm in school. Excellent idea, Senator Mastros. No, no wonder he's going to be our next governor with ideas like this. So we appreciate that. Joe Snedeker on the road again, uh, leaving Shemokin Dam this morning to head through the coal regions, another 100 miles or so. The Channel 16 weatherman welcomed into uh, the King Street Park yesterday in Northumberland. A big crowd was there to greet him. State troopers are out with details on a crash two weeks ago. Remember this crash on the Lewisburg Bridge two weeks ago? We talked to a state trooper who said uh, two people were injured, 72-year-old Walter Levy of Milton and 36-year-old Jesse Reeves of Milton. What happened was Reeves approached the bridge on Route 405, ran into the guardrail, and also his car ran into the back of Levy's car, pushing that into the side of the bridge, and uh, Levy taken to the hospital with potentially serious injuries. No indication on his treatment status there. Reeves was cited with a traffic violation. Weeks after agreement was reached on a budget for this year, Governor Tom Wolf says Pennsylvania's in significantly better shape because of the legislature and his good leadership. Governor Tom Wolf took to social media over the weekend to declare that Pennsylvania is prepared for a financial emergency. Wolf posted that reserve funds play a vital role during uncertain times, adding that when he took office, Pennsylvania had next to nothing saved. Wolf, who is completing his second and final term, said he's proud to have rebuilt the state's reserves to ensure that it can provide vital services during an economic downturn. The recently approved budget includes a $2 billion deposit in the state's rainy day fund, enabling the state to meet its expenses for 42.6 days. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WK. And America's newest obsession is closed captioning. A new survey shows that subtitles are becoming very popular, especially among the younger generations. 70% of Gen Zers reported that they use subtitles, followed by millennials, Gen X, and baby boomers who say they're using subtitles. Yeah, we have them on all the time at our house. The main reason is because the audio's muffled or the actors are hard to understand when they redub the audio. And uh, most age brackets are using subtitles, but you say you hear everything satisfactory, right? Well, I have an excellent Denon receiver hooked up to my uh, home theater, and it has a thing called Clear Voice. And if I activate that, it accentuates the voices, and you can hear exactly what they're saying. You can hear every word. I would prefer that to reading the program. All right, we're going to hit If I wanted to read the script, I'd buy the script. I'd like to see the show. Hit the uh, light bill. (laughs) Speaking of paying the light bill, we're going to do that right now. We'll be right back. we got callers standing by, two emails standing by as well. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. 
You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Play around with those at restaurants. All right, I'm, I got a new fidget toy. Thank you, honey, for this. And uh, it's fun to watch you. I never know whether you're going to fidget or carry a gun on any given day. Don't irritate me. You never know. No, you don't. Upper right-hand corner. All right. You used the term this morning regarding the state of our economy. I would Not say, in the traditional sense. Not in the, the traditional phrase. sense. Right. Okay. You used that term this morning regarding the state of our economy. I would suggest also that Biden is the greatest president ever, just not in the traditional sense. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then, good morning, gentlemen. When a store start saying cut back the price of items, you better believe the store knows sudden destruction is going to come. Every time I opened a bill, my cable went up, my house insurance went up, my heating went up, my gas bill, food bill, all went up. My income stayed the same. They're saying that inflation is only at 8%. I see it at about 80%. Open your eyes. We are not ready for the sudden destruction that we are going to have to have to reap. Please be aware of people telling us peace and safety also includes sudden destruction. Okay. Whoa. Sudden destruction. That's kind of well, frightening. Joe says we're in a depression. Wikipedia agrees, saying that it's uh, several years of sustained deep losses, ultra-high unemployment, no credit available to residents. Uh, the economy is shrinking, obviously. Bankruptcies are way up. Prices are deflating, and Wall Street is crashing. So Joe's right. We are in a depression. That much is obvious. What's your view on this? Mike, thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning, men. Uh, yesterday, I turned on... Uh, I think it was Bloomberg, Bloomberg News, and they had a guy on named Noriel Rabini. And if you remember the Lewis Rukeyser show from years ago, he was a regular on that show. And I didn't know much about him, but I'll cut right to the chase. He said that anybody that expects a mild recession is delusional, okay? Now, I'll, I'll lay out why he said that, but first I want to say he is an Iranian-American. His parents were... Iranian Jews born in Turkey and grew up in Italy. Okay, so to me, that tells me that the, the man has, you know, a worldview, an old school worldview that isn't really apparent on uh, modern Wall Street. So I take a lot of credence in what uh, people with his background say. And his position is that we are in for a very bad time. Now, he also said, and I'm going to paraphrase, you know, there's a saying that America always comes back. And he said, and in the past, that's been true for each recession we had. He said, in the past, we've had severe recessions, but going into the recessions, we did not have exploding inflation, or we did not have a situation where we had exploding government deficits, okay, spending he said, this time it is different because we have the exploding inflation and the increasing deficits in Washington. And because of that, he feels that we're in for, you know, I, I just heard the little introduction to this segment. Uh, Joe thinks that we're in for bad times. Well, Muriel, or Noriel Rabini really thinks we're in for bad times. 
And, you know, that's completely contrary with the message that the, the government is putting out. You know, every day they're crowing about uh, uh, good news. You know, the gas price is coming down. Well, it takes about three months for the price of diesel fuel to get into the food prices. So I think we're, we're still looking at uh, high food prices for a while. And then the other thing is the producer price index is still going up. The latest number hasn't come out, and that takes a couple of months, maybe three months, for that to show up in in things. And our main companies that produce all these things, they've eaten about as much of the price increases as they can. So there's a lot more, in my mind, a lot more price increases coming down the line. But one of the big things I hear Joe Biden and his lackeys talk about constantly is the uh, unemployment, you know, how it's low. But he also states that the number of job openings exceeds the number of people that are, quote, unemployed. So what that says to me is there's a shortage of workers, and a shortage of workers means that businesses have to pay higher costs to uh, get their workers, which that cost passed on to us eventually. So to me, I, I agree with Noriel Rabini when he says we're not going to have a mild recession. Things are going to be bad for a while. And to me, I think there's a lot of indicators that show that is the case. Well, I, just one aspect of this is that if worker, if I'm sorry, if employers have to pay workers more, isn't that wonderful for the workers? Doesn't that help them to afford the higher prices that they happen to be enjoying and on everything? I don't know. You'd have to get a small business owner on the air to say <laughs> well, what's, their, uh, oh, I, I know their what's view. happening to their profit margin and whether they're going to be able to stay in business when they're going to have to pay exceedingly high prices. And Exceedingly high wages to their workers. It's not prices they're paying that is high. It's exceedingly high wages to their workers that uh, I'm talking about. Well, they're gonna, if they're going to pay higher uh, wages to the workers, they're going to have to pass that cost on. You know, otherwise they're going to go out of business. Okay, and that's a lot of businesses are closing. Now, the the other, and, and I'm sorry, we I got a little bit off track there. I, I just wanted, I, I can't remember what I wanted to say. We were talking <laughs> over each other, and it just escaped me. Okay. It happens. I, I'm I'm, in, I'm I'm not in Joe Biden's category yet, but. I'm getting there. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for calling Thanks, in. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate your call. Very much appreciate it. Chris, thank you so much for waiting. Go right ahead. Thanks for observing or listening to our show today. What do you got? Well, have you heard about uh, Gab and Mastriano? Uh, that he's on mass or that he's on Gab, right? What's wrong with Gab? I'm not familiar with it. No, I'm not familiar all. with it either, so enlighten okay, us. Okay, Gab is the site that the Tree of Life synagogue shooter posted all his anti-Semitic comments on. So they allow anything on the site. It's an anti-Semitic It's an anti-Semitic site. It's uh, the idea of a Christian nation site. It's by which he means that to save America, to save America, what has to happen is white men have to ha marry white women and have white babies. So, but that's not the site. That's individuals on the site no, saying that's that. The individual who runs the site. Okay, so he feels that's that the way. The founder of the site. Gotcha. The guy who is the site. Okay. And Mastriano paid him five thousand dollars, as which he listed as a political consultant, and every new user of Gab automatically gets Mastriano's 
on Monsterano's seat list. I gotcha. For, uh, releases. Okay. They Are you on Gab by chance? No, I am not on Gab. Yeah, me neither. Well, this has so 100,000 listeners. They estimate that it has 100,000 active participants, 4 million total. <clears throat> so it's not, and it's headquartered on State Street in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. So it's a Pennsylvania website. <laughs> it's, a it's, a Pittsburgh, it's a Pittsburgh area one, I believe. No, I Clark Summit is up near Scranton. Well, I thought they, they, most of the talk about it is on, about it being in Pittsburgh, I believe, but... Maybe uh, that's the address they use and vice versa. But what they say is that they're a social network that champions free speech, individual radical liberty. Radical free speech, radical free speech. doesn't that's say radical. Speech. I'm telling you what they yes. say they are. They say they are a social network that champions free speech, individual free liberty, speech. and the free flow well, of information put online. Down that, yeah, we're a bunch of misogynistic well, now bigots. It says, all, it says all are welcome. That, now, that would imply that all are welcome, and that means right. you're going to get some pretty despicable people. And he said that specifically that uh, Jews weren't welcome here. It doesn't say that on the site. Specifically. It doesn't say that on the site. You're attributing that to him, but that's not what they say. (laughs) Okay. You you live in your put your rose colored glasses on, Joe. It doesn't say that you can't be Jewish and and go on this website. I'm telling you, Chris, it doesn't say that. I'm but I'm telling you what the guy says when he's on the air. On his video. No, when he's talking. Okay, well, that's not yeah, what his website that's what says. I'm telling you. So why and don't you try and sign up? Signed up with. Why don't you try signing up and why don't you try signing? reach their followers. Why don't you try signing up and using the name Goldberg or something and okay, see whether or not why you don't get on. You, Joe, <laughs> and then you report it and tell me I'm wrong. Go look at the site. How about you just go look at the site for articles about the site? Okay? All right, moving on. What else? Before you tell me I'm wrong. What else is our next governor irritating you about? Oh, what what next? Well, uh, the deficits are all smaller under uh, under Biden than they have been under Trump. Right at the moment. Yeah, she talked to Janet and, Yellen. And talked Trump's about that. Are all greater than uh, all of Obama's? So that ought to tell you something about how real much. The Republican Party as a whole, not you, Joe, as a whole, cares about deficits. They don't when they're in power. Do you think they got the message in Washington that all their spending is hurting the economy? Uh, I I think it's... No, I don't think it's hurting the economy at all. I think that... What did Trump promise for four years that never happened? Medical insurance? <laughs> and now they're, they're, the Republicans try to uh, blame Build Back Better bills for uh, causing the deficit. Mm-hmm. And, and it's things we need. It's things this country needs. It's what Trump said in his inaugural speech what the country needs. He was going to rebuild all of our infrastructure, and he didn't do one thing. Nor health care reform, which he promised. <laughs> yeah. But that's another and, topic. And, and also the Republicans, they, they like to blame Biden for it. But have they produced anything that's a solution except drill, baby, drill, when that is obviously not the solution? Because uh, gas usage is going to go down in the future. And it should do, should because of the climate. 
Well, don't confuse us with rational thought, Chris. You're yeah, just going to no, cloud. Don't be rational when you can blame Biden you're for gonna, You're going to cloud right. the issue. Why be rational? Right. All right. That's Anything right. else? What, 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 in, in terms of the recession, what have they offered? What have the Republicans suggested doing? What have the Democrats suggested doing? Spend more money. That's right. That's always their answer to every question. Let's spend no, more money. Not. Let's run no, up the national not. debt. Let's run no, it up. No, it's not, Joe. Yes, it is. Okay. Name me one time they've suggested something that didn't cost money that would solve a problem. Uh, what do you mean? I'm waiting. Do you I mean, just, do you I mean what I said. No, you're saying that their answer isn't always well, to throw money at something. military spending for one. That what problem does that solve? That lessens our security. Overspending. Well, we Joe. have a military <laughs> budget that can't be can't be uh, audited anymore. How much corruption do you think is going on because of that? Well, I don't know. The Biden administration, it could be a great deal. Oh, geez. Oh, you're the crime family guy now, huh? Mm. Well, no, you're you're saying they're they're in it. They're responsible for it. All right. Hey, Chris. They, not, not, uh, uh, be responsible for a military budget. You have to. You have to be in office more than a year and a half. Chris, we got a, another caller waiting. We'll let you wrap up, please. Well, the Republicans have no solutions to these problems because right. they know any solution would be they they promote would be terribly unpopular. Right, it would so hurt. They don't say. They don't even. They didn't even have a a platform last year in their in their last presidential election. Uh, convention. There was no party platform. No nothing. That ought to tell you something where they're at. And uh, and McConnell said, no, we're not going to tell you what we, we want to do until after we're elected. All right, we I, got you. That's for a campaign slogan. Perfect. Thank well, you so much. Well, it's better sir. than lying yeah. about what you're going to do, which oh, is what God. Biden did. Joe, Joe, Joe. <laughs> Joe will not. say anything. Come on, Chris. He's All right. What he, said he'd do. he said he was going to be a moderate. He had defeated the ultra-progressive. He no, he's not. He's he about is. as well, liberal as they come. The, the, the left wing of the party is upset at him. All right, sure, because go. he's, he's not, not radical moderate. enough. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Come Very. on, use your, use your brain there, Joe. He's not. He's not. He's 79. You give it a shot, too, Chris. Maybe we'll get some. I have. I've, I've told you my rational reasons. Like the left wing of the party does I'm not, not like Joe Chris Biden. Off. Right? All right. Thank you, Chris. You we got to hit the road. Bye, Chris. Day, Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Standby callers. We will be right back. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We're searching Gab for uh, factual information, so we'll have more information. I didn't find anything anti-Semitic on the site. Okay. I found some pretty unfriendly and perhaps <laughs> what was it? The black scorpions? Is that black scorp? Uh, Christian black scorpions or something? No, Polish black scorpions. Sounds are. like a friendly sing-along group to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Upper right-hand corner, Joe says, "Nice try, Chris. My TV shows me stories about Antifa, war in the Ukraine, killing in Syria, AOC, Trump, Biden." etc. So do I throw my TV out the back door? You always blame Trump and Republicans for control, but you espouse the same thinking. And Dick from Milton, you're on the mark. Well, let me first of all ask you a question, Joe. Do you believe Wikipedia at all? Do you ever, do you ever put any faith in it? Yeah, there's parts of it that are accurate. I don't okay, so I didn't go to the, I didn't go to the Gab site. I went to the Wikipedia site and and brought up the, and read you read the first paragraph. You can read it to yourself, read it out loud, and then tell me what you think of this Gab thing. Well, I just said I, I mean I could just 
I just said read, I looked read at Wikipedia. it. Wikipedia. That's what I'm telling. You. Not what not what Gab said they are. Read what Wikipedia says they are. Okay, but what you know, I... Nazis, racist, white supremacist. <laughs> What you didn't hear me <laughs> say, if I may interject something, just a moment ago, I said I looked at the website and I found some pretty disgusting stuff, but I well, didn't if you find read Wikipedia. It's all pretty disgusting. But I didn't find anything anti-Semitic. Now I'm just telling you what I found looking at it. And okay, I, on the right-hand side, Gab Incorporated. I think this is their logo. At the very bottom, it has this part of a series on anti-Semitism. Well, Gab is this is an available type that goes on and on and on, and it's, it's a Gab thing, Gab AL Incorporated. At the very bottom, it mentions the anti-Semitism. Okay, Gab is an American alt-tech microblogging and social networking service known for its far-right user base, widely described as a haven for neo-Nazis, racists, white supremacists, white nationalists, anti-Semites, the alt-right supporters of President Trump, conservatives, right libertarians, and believers in conspiracy theories such as QAnon. Gab has attracted users and groups who have been banned from other social media platforms and users seeking alternatives to mainstream platforms. They claim to promote uh, free speech, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Anti-Semitism is prominent in the site's content, and the company itself has engaged in anti-Semitic commentary. All right. We stand corrected. I guess my point point is, when I read that, that's nothing I want to be part of. (laughs) Well, I said I wasn't joining any time soon either. Thanks for calling in. But you notice it says they use wiggle words like widely described. Well, Mark Lawrence is widely described as a flaming liberal uh, gun-carrying nut, but that doesn't mean he is one. (laughs) In what way? (laughs) I'm widely describing you that way. Eric, go ahead. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Eric's prediction, uh, after the midterms and everything dust settles, I think you're going to see a bunch of candidates on both sides running for uh, president. I think uh, it's going to be a wide-open race uh, on both sides. Uh, My prediction is that neither uh, former President Trump or President Biden will be the nominees come uh, 2024 for the overall election. That's my opinion. I think you're wrong. I think it'll be Biden versus Trump, and Trump will win. Uh, I don't think so. I think by that time, I don't either. (laughs) Trump will have more legal legal problems than he knows what to deal with. Uh, If you look at New York, continue investigations. uh, Georgia, continue investigations, and we'll we'll I'll 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 even take away the the, uh, January 6th because we know once that gets to uh, it doesn't go to the Justice Department. goes to a vote in Congress, you know, it'll, it'll be the same way it was before. But that's not the reason I called. Uh, yesterday late, uh, there was a gentleman called in from Williamsport, I believe, and he made a lot of accusations uh, against me personally, which I don't care about, uh, but he made a lot of accusations against my former colleagues at the Seals Grove Center, and if I stand by and I'm silent, then I'm agreeing with him. And I would just like to uh, ask anyone out there who has ever worked at Seals Grove and knows the hard work and dedication those employees put in to help our most fragile people uh, have some kind of life. I'll throw it back also to Joe and his talk about the great 50s we had here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, what a great place it was to live. Back in the 50s is when uh, Pennsylvania's government and its people decided that people with mental retardation didn't belong in society, and we shoved them institutions, and there was like eight of them. In, Excuse uh, me, just a uh, minute. Excuse me a minute. Mm-hmm. That was Dan who was talking about how great it was in the fifties, not me. I, I, I know. I, I'm sorry. Did I say Joe? I, I apologize. Yes, you said Dan. Joe. And uh, and a lot of people through the seventies and eighties, when I was working there, 
We're dedicated to helping these folks uh, get out and the independent life and so forth. And now the population of Jones goes down to about 400 or 350. We, we look at the paper, we lose uh, folks, you know, one or two a month due to the age and so forth. But I won't stand by and listen to people uh, attack uh, state employees as a whole uh, and based upon no facts, just upon what they think or what they feel. Uh, and right now, Stones goes at crisis because they can't get people to work there because the legislature and the powers that be decided to cut the benefits so that now there's not a full retirement. Uh, people are paying more for health care and so forth. So now we can't get people to uh, dedicate people to work because they can't afford to do so. so I think the pendulum will swing back on that. And benefits the will go back up. Benefits, Mark? I think the pendulum well, will swing back on that and benefits right now they're will go having, up. They're having health fairs, uh, work right. fairs across the Commonwealth trying to get people to work at these institutions. Right. Um, because they can't get people to work there because it's a hard job. I mean, I, I don't know the gentleman from Williamsport what, what his work history was and so forth. He seemed to praise the janitors and the maintenance guys, so maybe he works with his hands or something like that. Uh, but I, I'll ask him, did he get sent to the hospital by people he worked with? Did he ever get bitten and have to go get gamma gobulin shots? Did he ever get clocked trying to take take someone up to Geisinger Medical Center for necessary treatment? Uh, does his back hurt every day because of injuries sustained by someone he was working with? Those are my questions for Mr. Williamsport. He can call in if he wants to. But right. don't go bad mouth. Try to attack me and bad mouth my former employees. You know, that, that's, that's, that's cheap. All right, All we right. got thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you so Eric. much. Yep, appreciate that. Uh, Van, thanks for waiting. Last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, you guys are talking about Gab, and they do have free speech on that website. But the thing that I see, the, the woke crowd, I'll refer to them as that. They like to say they're woke. They seem to have this self-proclaimed right to, if someone disagrees with them, they can right away call them a bigot, a science denier, a transphobe, white supremacist, Nazi, and on and on and on it goes. And we, we've seen that with, like, Joe had brought up about the other day about that uh, one senator question that professor from UC Berkeley. Yeah, but name calling is a human condition. I don't think it's liberals who do it. I think people well, call each other names. Yeah, they do. But the thing with the woke crowd, they it's like their trump card. Because if you dare disagree with them on any subject, like the woke crowd believes in global climate change, and I would say there's weather. We have summer and spring and fall and winter we have that changes it used to be called you know like global warming but because it's getting cooler in some areas of the world well now they had to change the the title of it but if you disagree with that you're a science denier but yet the same people they deny that a fetus in the womb is a is a baby it's a living being they deny that so they're denying science so they contradict themselves. And they, the woke crowd says a man can have a baby. And yet we know that's a scientific impossibility. The woke crowd goes ahead and nominates Rachel Levine, Caitlyn Jenner, and Leah Thomas as all women of the year when they're not women. They're men that have a mental issue, just like the, the shooters that go into schools and shoot children have a mental issue. So if you dare say those things, then you're right away labeled as and the name calling begins. So it's amazing to me that the people say they're woke. They're not woke, they're they're blind and ignorant, they're brainwashed. I mean, you have a lady that's on the Supreme Court now that could not define the term woman. And yet when President Biden got up and 
made the announcement that this is the first black woman to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court. She wasn't befuddled and, and confused about what he was talking about when he referred to her as a black woman. That's an interesting point. A very interesting point. Very good point. <laughs> but but the, the amazing thing is people are so brainwashed, they argue from this point of wokeism. And just, you know, there's so many things I could say. The riots that took place in these cities, where's the accountability to these mayors? I mean, we want to hold President Trump accountable for what took place on January 6th that in comparison did not escalate to the level of burning buildings and destroying people's businesses and looting them. Where's the accountability of these mayors at? Where's the outrage? Where's the hearings for those? That's a good question. We got you. All right. Thank you so much, Van. Did you have anything else? Nope. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I just waiting to hear some answers about this stuff. You know, it's, <laughs> well, these are your firmly held opinions. We'd love to hear them. Thank you, sir. Well, I think you, you have some good questions, but I mean, I, I agree with you. I think people are far too easy to not accept the other people's opinion or to accept that someone else has a valid point of view. I may not agree with wokeism, but I don't fault people for having that opinion. I mean, that they're entitled to it. We all look at the same set of facts, and then we all draw different conclusions. You called me That's garbage human nature. the other day. I didn't call you There's garbage. Chris called me garbage. <laughs> no. Sorry. Well, if someone that someone that shoots up people and kills them, yes, they they are a piece of garbage. That, that's, and that's that's another topic. It, All right, yeah, thank you so much, man. Thanks for yeah, calling in. But appreciate I, I, that. I think one eight hundred. A little bit of tolerance on everybody's part would go a long way. I think. All right, we got our callers uh, for the rest of the uh, hour. Call now if you want to be. You know, I guess we won't have time. We probably won't have time. All right, one eight hundred. Oops. Why would I give the phone number if I we don't, don't have time? What are you doing over there? Why don't we just play the commercials? All right. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor, and uh, we've been talking about some of the vehicles. I want to talk about the Kona. Are you ready? It's a Hyundai, and it is just a fabulous vehicle. Very affordable family SUV. It's, I guess, uh, I'm going to call it a sump compact. doesn't look that big. It's about the same size as uh, uh, some of the other ultra-small cars that you see out there. Two-liter engine. You're going to get 26 miles to the gallon on average, which means you'll be well into the 30s on the highway. Price range anywhere between 20 and 40 thousand dollars or so and it's a hyundai so it's ultra reliable it does have the 1.6 liter turbo engine that's available and uh, then you're going to be probably right around forty thousand dollars but miles per gallon room for the family reliable suv with uh, forward collision warning and automatic emergency braking and all the bells and whistles they keep you safe these days there's even a two liter four-cylinder turbo version now that's one lawnmower that can go like crazy it's a hyundai 
today, Kona. We're going to talk about that today, and then tomorrow we'll talk about the electric version of this same price. Remember, a lot of these electrics cost more. Uh, this one also won't run you more than $40,000. But today, the Kona gasoline models, uh, model with the turbo, you can do some sliding around the corners with that and have some fun. All right, let's get back to our callers. Uh, Joe from Sunbury, PA, you are on the mark. You get about a minute and a half, and then we'll get Dale going here. Go ahead. All right, I'll try to get through it real quick. Uh, yeah, yes, I'm calling about yesterday, about the Steve Bannon. You had a couple of callers in the beginning and end of the show, and Chris called in at the end. But it was a much more complex uh, issue than just saying that uh, you get a subpoena from the, this committee and you show up. What happened was Bannon got the uh, subpoena in September of 2021, and when he did, Trump claimed executive privilege. So the, the problem with uh, showing up to the committee was that normally you go through a uh, process of negotiation of what you can and what you can't talk about. Uh, as an example, when Pat Cipollone, Trump's lawyer, got the subpoena to show up, he, he didn't cooperate right away, and he negotiated that they wouldn't talk about anything that he personally talked with uh, Trump about. So it, it had to do with the executive privilege and that uh, eventually Trump, if you would, I know Chris uh, had perfect logic, but without uh, some of the uh, facts, you don't have perfect logic. Donald Trump on July 9th of this year wrote a letter to Steve Bannon. He's waiving the privilege, executive privilege for Bannon because it's costing him so much, basically. And uh, <laughs> that uh, he's going to uh, waive that if Bannon can agree with the committee on what to talk Joe. about. So that's how it got there. It isn't just as simple as Gotcha. You know, okay, Joe well that said makes sense. All right, well, I agree with thank you, Joe. That you get a subpoena and you show up. Go thank ahead. You, thank you, Joe. We got to go. Thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> you took a breath. It's a miracle. Dale, you go ahead to get 30 seconds. Yeah, I just wanted to say I don't know why nobody's optimistic. I mean, all you people listening to the news are voters, ain't you? And look who's running the country. Is it the Bar Association running the country? So why are these guys optimistic? I don't understand. Well, I support the Bar Association. They're doing a wonderful job running the country. I am very optimistic. Things are getting better and better and okay, better. Okay, well, then just keep voting. That's why people don't join the military no more. They're not going to vote no more. Soon we'll get a real president in there, and the country will take Let's off. Have three cheers for the Bar Association. Hip, Woo-hoo! hip, hooray. All hip, right. hip, hooray. Thank you, Dale. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> and thank you, Lynn Hall, fabulous producer. Yeah, she did Taking an outstanding fantastic job. fantastic care of us today, so we really appreciate that. But most of all, thank me for coming in. No, just kidding. Thank you. This is WKOK Sunbury.